I've um, I've been struggling to breathe all morning. Oh no! In a kind of chesty, uh, you've got a cold sort of a sense, or in the uh, anxiety tight chest, life is a lot of work sort of sense. No, in the uh, physically can't quite like if I try and inhale fully, my um, chest kind of grabs. Oh. oh, I think yeah, it's not very comfortable at all. So you'll have to. Um, I mean, there's, I guess there's a distinct possibility that I might not make it through this recording. I think it'd be like a snuff podcast. I just wanted to know, though, who, who would you replace me with? Oh, I, I think probably at, at this point, um, I think probably Jeff. Really? Yeah, I think so. I think he's, he's got a, good mic action, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, what he, you'd never get him interrupting. You. What are you saying? <laughs> I really, like, I just kind of try, I try to catch myself by going. Uh, am I, I interrupting too? To, no, <laughs> I interrupt. <laughs> We know that if if there was a if there was anybody doing a time and motion study with a stopwatch, I would be the interrupter. And I would love if someone did a time and motion study with a stop stopwatch. Do you not like to imagine that at some point in the future there is somebody who is going through our many hours of conversation because they're writing a PhD on it? It'd be like one of those pop culture type uh, PhDs. Is that what you mean? No, it would be it would be high theory. Investigating masculinity. I was thinking more that it would be investigating two great thinkers of their time. This is a podcast in which two friends have serious conversations about silly things and silly conversations about serious things. I'm Simon Ellis. And I'm Lee Miller. Welcome to Midlifing. Other than the breathing, how are you? Other than the breathing difficulties. Um... Yeah, yeah. It feels like now is a good time for me to ask you a question. Right. Simon, Simon, Simon Kennedy Ellis, have you accepted our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ into your heart? Or if you, <laughs> or if you prefer... Why, why is that funny? Well, it's not funny. I mean, I think it is funny. It's not funny. I, I do think Chris, Christianity is such a... It's like in Australia, if you're a comedian and you're struggling with a crowd, you mm. tell a joke about a New Zealander. It's like the cheapest possible joke you can say in Australia. Christianity, it's, I, I find it, it's so, it's so disappointing the way it's become so easy to criticise, that oh, it has no value. I know that that's was, not where you were going. That was not where I was going. I was thinking, of, I've been thinking about faith. I've been oh. thinking about faith and the space of faith in, in a variety of, of kind of different ways, through reading, through listening to podcasts, through listening to radio interviews. I've just become increasingly aware of the huge disparity between the UK and the US in terms of the visibility of faith in, in its culture. And I just, it occurred to me that you and I had never had a conversation about belief systems, ever. And so you're not meaning just in their politics. You're no, saying, no, I'm, you're saying I, just generally. Just generally the sense that, so you just said in in Australia, the easiest way to get a joke is to, to sort of laugh at a, a New Zealander's accent. And you made the... Um, you made the kind of comparison between that simple, lazy way of, of kind of communicating something, the same way that, that Christianity might might function as the butt of a joke. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting. No, not at all. I mean, I'm not, just, I'm fascinated. Yeah, I am also fascinated about where we haven't had this conversation, have we? I was actually, I was um, brought up a Roman Catholic. I did not know that. And uh, so we went to church every Sunday. And it was funny because last week when we were recording, I 
I got the giggles so badly that I was reminded of being at church, <laughs> bizarrely, with my tennis coach. <laughs> I'm not sure how many people went to went to church with their tennis coaches, but I have no idea why it is that. And his name was Simon as well. So I don't know it. We, you know, we got on pretty well, but why Simon and I were at church together? But we got the giggles so badly in one of those ways in which you just cannot stop. And so I was reminded of that, but also I was reminded of, um, oh, I don't even know where to begin with this. I remember when I, I must have been 14, when I went to private board. My mother was pretty keen that I would somehow, that I would keep going to church every week while I was private boarding. And um, I think it's probably one of the first promises I broke uh, to my mother. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't go to church every week. So was that a moment where that was about you having um, autonomy over what you did with your time? Or was that about a moment where you came away from the church? I don't think I ever... Oh, oh, what a question. I don't think I ever went... You know, I certainly know you know, friends who went, that's it, I've had enough of the church. I don't... I, there's nothing about it that's that I respect, or there's nothing... When I say the church, I mean the Catholic church in this, yeah. in this instance. I don't think I ever did that. I just think it ceased being a priority if it ever was a priority. I don't know how to have this. I don't know how to have this conversation. Should we? Should we end? Should we end the episode now? I mean, it is really interesting. Though I kind of thought about this because you know, uh, for for anybody who's still listening, we take it in turns to kind of pitch something, and and this week is is mine. And I try not to overthink it because I don't want to kind of have pre-cooked conversations. But I have noticed, possibly because of what I've been listening, and possibly because of where we are in the news cycle, and because. Biden's a Roman Catholic and so he's been talking about his faith mm. um, and just just becoming aware of the different presence in public discourse of religion in conversations that come out of the United States versus conversations that come out of public discourse here in the UK because I think there seems to be an expectation that you that you have a, a, a real belief system um, yeah, you States. couldn't be a, you couldn't be a secular president. I mean, no. bizarrely, the the current one over there in the United States is clearly yeah. has no interest whatsoever. But he's effectively been forced to hold a Bible upside down and have a photo opportunity in front of a church, for example. He has to be seen to be doing that. I guess it comes back to broader conversations that we've had recently about different types of belief systems and about different types of faith. And, you know, we, we've touched on, I don't know that this episode has gone out yet, but we, we had a conversation, a long conversation about cancel culture. Hmm. Um, and I don't think we have released that conversation. No, we haven't, no. And we probably never will. <laughs> Tune in. Never. Yeah, so I think it's, you know, it's a bit of a holdover of that, thinking about what people believe. And, and I live in I live in a, uh, a kind of a fairly new age town in the southwest uh, where there are crystal shops where people have, you know, outlandish beliefs unproblematically. Uh, one of the first things I did when I moved here was I had a gong shower <laughs> while walking down the high street. Sorry. A what shower? A gong shower. Have you never had a gong shower? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I really did think you said golden shower. <laughs> <laughs> there was a guy. <laughs> it's like, it reminds me of... When I, like years ago, I ran the London Marathon. And it was a really hot day. And they because they were so worried about the heat, they constructed these really funny little showers that you ran through and they were just like the pissiest little piddly type of wet it was it was it was enough 
to get you to realise that something was hitting you, meaning some kind of light sort of dusting of water, but not nearly enough to sort of do anything to make it any better for you. So, But they were... Just to be clear, they were water. No, a gong, a G-O-N-G, gong shower, is not the same as a golden shower. Um, it's where somebody... <laughs> this sounds so preposterous. Somebody will stand in front of you with a big, like, gong? There's no other way to describe it. And they will hit it at you. It's supposed to realign the energy in your body. I can't wait for you to actually have to do the programme notes for this so that you have to research gong showers and put a link for people so that they can understand so, but, it. But shower implies there's lots of them. There's lots of gong strikes. It's a singular gong, but it's struck over and over and over again. Um, and it's... Do you arrange that? No, well, usually you just walk past somebody with a gong who has a sign. <laughs> or at least here you do. You just walk past people. And it says free gong showers. Or gong shower, first one free. Usually it's gong showers, donations welcome. And you, so you paid for your gong shower? Yeah, I think I probably paid three quid or something. <laughs> I live in a place where that's no. not unheard of. There's lots of dream catchers. There's lot. Oh my God. Crystals, dream catchers, the whole lot. No. Um, and... There's sort of so there's there's that side of it, and then the the flip side. And most recently, it's been written about in the Guardian about mm. the problem of uh, the conspiracy theories around five G oh, connected 5G. to coronavirus. Yeah, 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 yeah. The idea that the coronavirus uh, COVID nineteen is a pandemic. Are you saying that Bill Gates is not responsible <laughs> for the pandemic? So yeah, so that that kind mm. of those kinds of conversations are are really easy to come across. There's on Saturdays on market days there have been anti-mask demonstrations. Oh really? Yeah. And bearing in mind this is a town that maybe has 8,000 inhabitants full time, between 8 and 10,000. So to have a you know a good 50 or 60 people gathering to want to not wear masks. You kind of think that's a significant chunk of people who want to be visible. Yeah, so th- this is um, a big loop back to the idea of faith and what people believe. I do think you. I think they're related in the sense, or what we're talking about, as to, and you've just said it there about belief. Um, and I, it's funny, I just had read something yesterday, and I'm quoting Philip K. Dick. Re- reality is that which continues to exist even when you stop believing in it. And I'm interested in, I mean, I'm interested in this because faith, I do find it to be just a fabulously beautiful word. And it's something that as a young man, it drew me to uh, religious or I would have said in those days, spiritual thinking. And that is that having faith in something implies that you can't be sure about it. That is that, that the idea of religious belief is is purely that, that it, you know, and this is a very obvious thing to say, but it requires a leap of faith, not in a Sean Connery. Um, he's dead. <laughs> what was that? I said he's dead. I know, but I'm just I'm just being my mother because my mother likes to tell me when people are dead if you reference them in a conversation, which I always find really reassuring in case she thinks I've forgotten. So anyway, my dad, he's dead. I like, yeah, I, I know your dad's dead, mum. He's been dead since you were 12. <laughs> Not my dad. My dad's not dead. He's still alive. He got a chicken yesterday given to him by a man. <laughs> That's a different story. I can't. I won't get into that. Do you think do you a think... live chicken in a bag was just like handed over to my dad, and in he opened it up? Yeah, and the guy. You know, my dad lives in Portugal and speaks not the most Portuguese I've ever heard. I mean, bless him. He still has lessons. Um, 
but and the guy who gave him the chicken doesn't speak any English. So it was a strange exchange where this man rocked up to my dad's house with a bag, a big sort of like he described it as like a, a small potato sack. Um, and just handed it over to my dad. And his words to my dad as he handed it over was beefy. <laughs> what, what, dad, sorry, sorry, say it again. Beefy. Beefy. And then as he... as, as he Was that really English pres- or Portuguese? It, he was speaking in... He was using an English word. <laughs> <laughs> so he passed over the bag to my dad. My dad took the bag and then the man cupped both of his breasts and went beefy. Wait, wait. Uh, Did you, the, the man cut both of your father's breasts or, or his own? He, he cupped his own He cupped his own breasts and repeated the word beefy. And it was only when my dad opened the bag that it made sense that in, inside the bag was the chicken looking up at him going, <laughs> that was being given to my dad. Apropos of nothing. That was, by all accounts, massive. Eight and a half pounds. Anyway. And so did you, was your dad expected to slaughter it and eat it? Um, my dad did both of those. Things. Well, he's done one of those things. He killed right. the bird. He's dressed the bird. Um, it's now resting in the uh, fridge and then, or the garage somewhere. I love that when you say dress the bird, it means... Undress it. It's weird. Yeah. Nice. And so this is where we left the conversation. A leap of faith, because I was thinking of Sean Connery in that movie, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. And yeah, there's a point where he has to, because he's going for the, what's the chalice? The uh, The Holy Grail. Thank you. He was going for the Holy Grail. This is some serious spoilers for people who haven't yet finished (laughs) the entire Uh, spoiler. (laughs) No, I mean, I'm being being very silly, but uh, I mean, I'm really... I am. I think this. I mean, this is a deadly serious question as well. Which is, what is it? <laughs> just sorry. I just did. I was about to say, what is it that you're looking for? And then I couldn't get that U2 song out of my head. About I still have it. <laughs> <laughs> and talk about Bono to ruin any serious question, right? I like Bono. Don't let's, let's not start on Bono. He's a, he's a, he's like a cheap. He's like he's like a, he's, he's 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 like it, Jesus. Is that what you're trying not to well, say? No, I'm trying to say he's like a New Zealander in Australia. Very easy to tell jokes about. You know, yeah, what is it that what is it that we're talking about? And I mean that really seriously. What is it that we're talking about? I'm I think I'm talking about being at a point in my life where I am envious of people's ability to surrender to something bigger than themselves. Wow. While at the same time being deeply anxious about what that requires you to do in terms of acceptance. Yeah. That leap of faith. We are avoiding this conversation, aren't we? Because normally I think, well, this is just a diversion. It's just sidetracked. This is just how we, this is what we do. And I don't know how, I don't know how to respond to it. And I don't, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm dumbstruck. I think the conversations that we have been having over the course of the last 14 years, but also more specifically that we've been having recently. For, mid, for, for, for this midwifing, but of course it's midwifing. <laughs> for midwifing. I think that they are, they're kind of... It's a bit like chipping away at something, isn't it? Um, mm. And sometimes you get to, uh, well, maybe some, I was going to say maybe you get to a seam of something interesting, but maybe actually you just get closer to a nerve huh. and you kind of pull back and go, actually, I don't, because I don't know what I want to say about this. I, when I was, when I said to myself, I'll, I know, I'll ask Simon if he's accepted the, you know, the love of Jesus Christ into his heart, that will be an interesting way to start. It'd be funny, but it could lead to something a bit more serious. I didn't know. I didn't know what I wanted to talk about, except I know that it's been it's been bothering me in a way that I can't find words for, which is probably a terrible thing to to you know to to start a conversation with. Here's something that I don't know how to talk about. Please, can we not talk about it together? 
I think it becomes an interesting question as people get closer to death as well. I mean, it has to, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because we face the possibility that there's nothing. Yeah. And weirdly, I think I've gotten quite relaxed about the idea that there is nothing. It's funny, I don't... It's... uh, I think of it as... I think what your question... Well, I think this is about how we live and not what happens after we die. Uh, I think I think it becomes more relevant, of course, as we get closer to... As we recognise ourselves as being, let's say, on the home straight. Or even having turned the corner, meaning you're yeah. halfway. You've, you've done a half marathon, you're doing the second part of the marathon. Hence, midlife. And... Um, and Mike, so my interest in this conversation, in a way, is because I have, uh, if there's one thing I feel certain about, it's that we blink and that's it. It's gone. I don't, I, I, I'm, I, I feel like you're comfortable with that idea. How we live our lives, if we don't believe something, and I mean belief in the <laughs> literal sense of the word, meaning, you know, not like a conspiracy theory. Was it? Oh yeah, yeah, was it? yeah. Bill yeah. Gates and etc. The the lizards that are living amongst us and drinking the blood of children. That one, which is just beyond beyond. I don't even know what that one is. Oh, QAnon. Oh, QAnon. The oh, whole I know what conspiracy. QAnon is, yeah. No, but do you know that the conspiracy is based on a conspiracy theory that's over a thousand years old? It's the exact. No. It's the same conspiracy theory that was used as anti-Semitic propaganda over a thousand years ago, Simon. It is the exact. Same narratives. I'm going to have to look this up for the show that, notes. Well, you need to because it's. It, it, I think it's one of the things that people don't grasp when they start to start to talk about QAnon is how deeply enmeshed in an anti-Semitic narrative it is. It's hideous. It's horrifying, and it's over a thousand years old. So, in that sense, you get the kind of like, oh, but QAnon's stuff that's emerged from the internet. No, it's just another organ that is articulating the same level of hatred against a group of people that's been going on for a millennia. The, the Guardian did a really beautiful um, podcast on it um, on their day in focus, so you could probably link to that. It is a superb listen and deeply dispiriting. But you have you saying... thought about have you thought about Squarespace? Um, <laughs> I also no, I've lost my track of thought. I lost my train of thought. But it was about like... but about belief. That is, I mean, belief not not in something which is uh, in order to proper. Oh dear, oh dear, this is where it gets messy, doesn't it? Because that is what beliefs are doing. Beliefs, and I mean beliefs that are not about things that actually are. That they are a way of they are a way of making sense of our lives. Yeah. Making sense of something that is not able to be made sense of. Hmm. That it's beautifully and painfully and extraordinarily random. Or I should say arbitrary. Do you worry that people's belief allows them to get away with things, to do things in their daily life that they that if they may be... I'll try and I'll try and phrase that differently. Does belief allow people? No, oh, I can't even get it out. I can't get it out, Simon. Does it stop them being held? Does it stop them holding themselves accountable because they think that there's a higher court that, that oh. will, they will eventually be judged by? Whereas people Wait, who that, don't is... believe, do they have to just like try and do good works now? Oh, I don't know. And I know you, that I've just made a, a ridiculous talking... binary. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, I think there's also something about fundamentalism, and yeah. whether that, and that's not. I'm not just talking about religious fundamentalism. No, no, no. I'm talking about fundamentalism of any um, stripe. Yeah, um, that is, it becomes uh, the the filter through which 
uh, all actions, all behaviours, all uh, all ideas are past. Um, and so these lines are these lines you're describing are. I feel so so poorly equipped to discuss them, and we should stop this episode immediately. <laughs> Oh man, this is messy because we, because in a way, I mean that's where I, I always get, you know, I've been fascinated by science and the scientific method for 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 a long, long time, and and I'm and I trust it. You know, yeah. I thought if I were to say if, if if there are one way to find out why things happen, and and of course most of those things are quite material things, but let's say then I really trust that. Like for example, with the with coronavirus, I I trust that this is this is a system which will. Uh, um, help us understand over time what's going on. That doesn't mean it's it's linear. That we our understanding of it increases all. The, well, no, our understanding of it increases all the time. But that doesn't mean our understanding is the same all the time. Our yeah. understanding changes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But at the same time, there's also this thing. And I guess as a, as an artist, you know that that thing is. Well, what are the stories we tell? What are the stories we tell about ourselves? What are the stories we tell about each other? And as if somehow those stories are. They are how we construct the world uh, and construct uh, uh, friendships and construct, uh, yeah, relationships between people and our understanding of things. And so, and the the degree of whether a story is a fact or not is, I guess we're kind of, I, I, I don't like arguing this, but it kind of feels like, well, that's, it doesn't matter. It's, what's that saying? True stories are stories that are believed in. Wow, I bet you can't wait for next week where you get to choose what we talk about. Jesus, talk about payback. I know. <laughs> this is a shit show, but actually there's, it's not at all because we've got 60 minutes of conversation. Have we been I talking think, 60 minutes? Yeah, and I'm pretty confident that we can. Sp- I can get this to a nice tight 26. I wish I had something smart to say about it. I think you've said lots of really smart things. I think you've said lots of really smart things. And I think you, the, that you... It's just don't cut this bit out, okay? Just it could just lead just, with that, <laughs> but I do think you said lots of smart things, and I think you have managed to by you know even by starting with the why are you laughing, it, you kind of you 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 brought into focus the sense that this is something which is too easy to make light of in a particular kind of a way, um, and that you're articulating as you always do quite beautifully. I think Simon is you're articulating your uncertainty, but the one thing that I'm I'm less confident with, no, that's not what I mean. The one thing that I'm hearing that makes me go, ha, is that willingness to embrace uh, the complexity and the lack of certainty and and all of that sort of stuff has also today interestingly made you go, but I'm not qualified to talk about this. I don't know who is. Yeah, I mean, I I still think there's a question. There's a question which is a question we must answer. I don't mean you and me. I mean humans. Which is, what? What do you believe in? Yeah. And then if you start to understand what it is that you believe in and how that's different from, let's say, I'm gonna I'm gonna use the word facts. I'm really comfortable now and truths. I'm really com- I'm increasingly comfortable with the idea of facts and truths. But the question of what you believe in, which is different from facts and truths, and and uh, and the truth, I should say, and why is it that you believe in those things? Unless we're grappling with that question, what is it that you believe in? Why do you believe in that? Um, because that accounts for conspiracy, cons- conspiracy theories as well. That is, 
why why do you believe that was it what is it uh, four five G? What what what's in it for you to hold that belief? I know a bit more about Buddhism than I thought I did because I went yoga. Because yoga and also Vipassana meditation. Ah, oh, yes, you've done Vipassana. You've uh-huh. done. You've spent 10 days in silence. Which is hard for most people to countenance, but, but yes, can, I have. Listeners, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Possibly imagine Lee. You know how it, how it emerged? Like how, what happened during, the, um, <laughs> during my 10-day silent meditation? I really want to talk about faith again, but this is great. Okay, so the Vipassana retreat is in, I think it's in Hertfordshire. No, it's not. Her- oh, I don't know. Somewhere. Somewhere in the wilderness. And it's on an, an old, there's like an old um, farm. Yep. And I was in um, converted stables. Yep. And there were two beds in it. Me and a guy called, oh, I can't remember his name. Anyway. Anyway, um, it turns out that I thought I was doing a really, really good job of being silent. And at the end of the 10 days, when you're, you have half a day where you decompress and you're allowed to talk again. And he, 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 I'm not joking, Simon. He ran towards me in the canteen and grabbed hold and went, Oh my God, I've been waiting so long. I can't, I was so, I have to tell you, you didn't stop talking every night. I was like, Oh shit, I'm really sorry. I spent the, I was, because I was fast asleep. And I had no notion. I just talked. I monologued continually all night long, just chatted away to myself. And if I had been in the proper dormitory, I think I would have been asked to leave. Oh, so deeply, deeply embarrassed that my inability to be silent tra- travels even to a silent meditation retreat when I do my best. 